Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's break down the college football playoff. The talent on the sidelines and on the football field with Cam Meller from ProFootballFocus.com. Nobody gives you better information, analysis, perspective on both the NFL and college football than Pro Football Focus. Cam, happy Friday, my friend Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Happy Friday to you. Happy playoff semifinal eve as well. Oh, it's finally here. But here is a question before we dive too deep into college football and what's happening on Saturday is this. Lindsey Vaughn, greatest skier of all time, she proposed a second proposal to P.K. Subban, defenseman for the Devils. And she says, well, guys deserve engagement rings too. That was the whole point of the second proposal. We put up a poll And people said 87% no, more than 5,000 people voted. Guys do not even want engagement rings. Would you want an engagement ring of your own? As a guy who's never taken his wedding band off in these seven years of marriage, I absolutely would not want an engagement ring. No, I'm uh, I'm fine with just the wedding band and uh, and calling it from there. What about... Just the uh, the concept of women now proposing the men can. I'm all for that. If that's a, if that's the relationship you struck up with your significant other, I'm all for that. But uh, me, uh, me personally, I was I was all there for the traditional values of uh, giving her the ring and 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 doing that whole jazz. Uh, I, I think it would have been I would have been a little taken aback if it was the other way around. You know, it's so funny because everybody says the same thing. Yeah, I think that's great if that's what you want. Uh, no, I wouldn't want that. <laughs> like. <laughs> I want to know, we're going to get somebody on the show that's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I would have loved that because uh, I just I, I don't know who that person is. I also don't know who that person is, Cam, that thinks Oklahoma has any chance against LSU on Saturday. Do they? Paint me a picture in which Oklahoma wins that game. Uh, it, they're all the pieces of the puzzle have to not only stay intact and fall in the right places, they have to get you know, something that we haven't seen all year long. And that is a game in which Joe Burrow doesn't put forth, you know, the ho-hum 330 yards and three passing touchdowns. This is a, this is, I mean, it's, it's unthinkable at this stage of the season for that to not happen. And it's unthinkable for Oklahoma to win. I wrote a preview on the, on our site and I dove as deep as I could into our numbers. And let's just say to figure out the roadmap, it was a little bit difficult and to think that all of those things that Oklahoma would have to do to get a victory against LSU happening in the same game is, is slim to none. So here's another question, Cam. Is there a team that you think would have been better in this role? Forget like resume or the voting or like, is there a team that you think could have given LSU a better game, would have been better as the fourth college football playoff team? Or do you think Oklahoma's the best we could do? I, I think once Tua's injury happened, that was it. We lost the fourth best team in the country because of you lose the best player on the best team. 
are the fourth best team. So once we once we saw that happen, I think we were stuck with three great teams and then a clear next tier. And yeah, sure, Oklahoma beat up on you know Baylor for a, ha- a game and a half at least, and so that kind of gives them the nod. I, I, you know, this is they have all the horses on offense. It's just a matter of that defense stopping a team that has not been able to be stopped on offense. Yeah, the, the loss of Ronnie Perkins, who's arguably OU's best pass rusher, that made a huge difference. And now that game at 12 and a half points. The other one, though, two and a half points, Clemson, the favorite. Uh, tell me how Ohio State knocks off Clemson. Nobody has a roadmap on how to beat Trevor Lawrence yet. So if, if anybody can do it, it's it's this team with how complete they are. I mean, there's six defensive tackles that rotate in and have over 200 snaps and then over, I mean, well above average grades for us at PFF. So if they can do that, if they can attack the interior, those tackles are great. And you know, Chase Young is going to be able to get pressure at least five, six times, or at least cause, you know, a change in the game plan with those tackles who are great. So if they can get, you know, attack, I think the depth and keep their guys fresh and keep them, you know, active on defense, they have enough of that depth to run with that Clemson offense. So it's just a matter of whether they get solid play from all of the guys across the entire rotation because you're going to have your lapses. You're going to have your moments. Clemson's going to score some points. So Justin Fields needs to be able to put some points on the board himself. But I think it's it's u- utilizing your depth and the speed that they have on defense to limit and you know run with all those guys that the Clemson Tigers have. So, Cam, I know you guys grade every player on every play. That's what's so awesome about PFF. So my question is simple. Who's the most talented team out of all four of these teams remaining? Who is the be- like the, the most talented team top to bottom? There's players that are shining at, at each position for each team, but I honestly think that Ohio State has the most complete team uh, just in terms of the depth. They have more players atop the rankings of the Big Ten, but also if you filter it out to just Power 5 or all FBS, they have more players in the top 25, top 10s of, of each of the positions than any of the other teams do combined. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to find a weakness on Ohio State. I know there's not a true playmaker on the outside at wide receiver like they've had, but Olave, Victor, and K.J. Hill are all grading very well, and they just don't make a lot of mistakes. So I think that's what, you know, sets OSU apart is the depth, the amount of, you know, mistake-free football they play, uh, and just how deep they are at each position with top talent. Not only just their elite players, but they have dudes that are also, you know, near elite just behind them. Talking to Cam Meller, profootballfocus.com, PFF underscore Cam. Is this the most talent we've ever seen in a college football playoff? I see eight of the top 25 players on PFF are in these final four. Absolutely. I mean, this is a, a year that I don't think we've ever seen before. You know, vindicating our grades is one thing with when you have the four highest graded quarterbacks represented in the playoff here. But also, I mean, when you look at it and you have so many award winners from the national stage, so many of our draft top draft talent, but also so many of our underclassmen that are going to top the next year's draft class as well. This is, I think, hands down the most talented playoff we've had. All right. So, Cam, I want you in terms of pro prospects. Let's pretend. Where do you live, Cam? Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. You guys are all in Cincinnati. All right. Let's just pretend that you are the owner of the Bengals. You're Mike Brown. You have the number one pick, but all of these quarterbacks are available. That means Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are able to turn pro and they do so after their sophomore years, by the way, like they should be able to, but that's a topic for another day. I want you to kind of give me what your pecking order would be 
from an NFL standpoint for these four quarterbacks? It is Trevor Lawrence, number one, Burrow, two, Fields, and then far down Hurts. So I still think anytime a kid is 24-0, and 0, and I don't care if he plays in the ACC, the AAC, the, the amount of throws that he can make, the ability to buy time, you know, 2019 Joe Burrow, I'm not going to say that season's an outlier. This is, you know, we finally harnessed and seen what he's able to do and what made him Mr. Ohio football back in the day. This is, I think, this is a, a player that has done nothing that we've ever seen before. This is a guy who is clear-cut the top player, the best player overall uh, at the most important position. So I'm going Trevor Lawrence, you know, edging out Joe Burrow, and then, then you know, from there it's it's Fields, and uh, that's a not-so-distant a, not third, but it's a significantly more distant uh, third than it is one to two. Interesting. Okay, so close between Lawrence and Burrow, decent drop to Fields at three, huge drop to Hurts at four. And you kind of hinted at this, but you've been doing this a while now. Have you ever seen anything like Joe Burrow? Like, have you ever seen a guy – I mean, what, what were his grades last year in your grading system, and what are they this year? They're, and has there ever been a guy make that kind of a jump? No, and I, I think our lead draft analyst, Mike Renner, who's been doing just straight draft analysis for – five, seven, eight, nine years, he's saying that this is possibly the biggest draft mover we've not only seen at PFF, but if you go back as far as you can and, and data is available, this is, I mean, he was in the mid seventies a year ago. So he wasn't bad. He wasn't, you know, I mean, he was exactly what you saw last year. He wasn't a world beater, a game changer. He lost a few games. They didn't harness his ability to throw outside, throw deep or throw, you know, anything basically short of normal routes and normal things that he was doing. So this is, um, yeah, I mean, this is – I agree with Mike. I agree with the stance on on the fact that this is likely something we've never seen before to have a guy move from the 70s, the just barely above average, to the elite, breaking some of Baker Mayfield's records that we have, breaking all of Kyler's records, seeing, you know, success, rewriting the SEC record book from the basic box score, but also, you know, the things he's been able to do. He's shattering our accuracy metrics, which, you know, we go even further past our grades and we look at where every ball is thrown on every play. So it's, if you're leading the receiver, if you're throwing it directly to his hands away from coverage, I mean, Burrow throws on even non-screens, I think an accurate pass to his receiver's hands or directly in front of them in a perfect relocation over 78% of the time, which is by far the, the highest percentage we've ever seen. Talking to uh, Cam Meller, profootballfocus.com. Cam, there is a massive 16-day gap, 18 bowl games between tomorrow's games and the college football national championship. I see that as massively problematic. Ross disagrees. Where are you on that? I'm a, I'm a little indifferent, I think, for the teams that have gotten used to it. You know, maybe this, this bothers LSU, you know, but the Clemson Tigers, this if Alabama were in it, it wouldn't bother them nearly as much. They've gotten used to this giant gap in terms of, you know, waiting for the playoff, waiting for a bowl game even, or waiting for the, then the national championship. I think that, you know, this this does not favor the teams that have not done this before. I mean, you can look and see just even the bowl game layoffs. I know it's a bowl game and you're not playing for it, but anytime you see the Miami Hurricanes score zero points because they've waited for almost a month, basically, or over a month to play a game, I, I think there's, there's something to be said for the layoff or the layover here from the time, especially the 16th day when I think it'll be big for teams that have not been here before. Out of sight, out of mind. I don't care about the players. I care about the fans. And I think the fans are getting screwed here with this long layoff. I think it'll hurt the momentum. But we appreciate the time, Cam. Enjoy not just the college football playoff, but the Cheez-It Bowl and all the other beautiful title sponsors that have somehow 
slap their name on a bowl game. Appreciate it, my friend. Enjoy the weekend. My pleasure, Dave. Ross, guys, thanks for having me. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.